Open your Bibles uh, to Genesis chapter 3, 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Genesis chapter 3 and 1 Corinthians chapter 6. So I want you to get there. I want to encourage everybody to be here tonight. I started a series last week. Uh, I'm preaching two different messages for just a little while uh, while we launch our Sunday night service. It's at 5 o'clock. Uh, and for those who came last week, man, thank you so much. You set the tone. We had a packed house. Uh, uh, it's amazing what God is doing uh, uh, in this church, and I'm so thankful. We launched another service to make more room, and now this is filling up with wonderful guests that I'm seeing. And then the sec our third service is already filled. Uh, we're going to have to go to four services before you know it. But you know what? I'm willing to do seven and nine uh, because, you know, I'm willing to do whatever the Lord calls me to do uh, to reach people. And to help people and to be able to speak the word of God and truth in people's life. Uh, because if it's a lie that holds you captive, it's the truth that will set you free. And so I, I believe in speaking the truth, uh, whether it makes me feel good or not. I believe that speaking the truth uh, has power, has uh, transformation power, revel revelation power. Uh, and today you're going to receive that. Uh, I want to give you a warning though. Uh, as you already heard, today is going to be a little... Uh, uh, fun, okay? We're gonna have our, we're gonna have an easy time, but I want to give you a warning. It's a, we just passed Valentine's Day. Did you have a good Valentine's Day? All right, any, any ladies? No, all the ladies remain quiet. I'm like, husbands, let's step the game up. Uh, ladies should be cheering when they come to church. Uh, and, and so when you have uh, Valentine's Day, what I learned the hard way is never walk into a room full of single people and say happy. Valentine's Day. Uh, I learned the hard way about that. It's just a good lesson uh, to know to make sure that you don't uh, do the wrong thing because you know what? The truth sets you free, man. And if you don't know, if you know the truth, you're not going to make those mistakes. How many, when you got married, uh, you probably had a misconception or a different direction of what marriage was going to be like? Come on, how many honest people do I have in this place? I, I, when I got married, I was young. I was 18. Go, or no, sorry. We, got, we started dating when I was 20. We got married when I was 22. <laughs> And I had the misconception that, man, I'm going to get married and I'm going to be able to have sex all the time whenever I want. And judging by the laughter, you all know the real truth. Uh, that doesn't happen. It, that's not how it goes. That's not how any of this works. Uh, there were misconceptions in my mind. There were misconceptions about marriage, about sex that I had to really break free of and start really seeing the truth for it. Because the truth is actually what brought more power to it. The truth is what actually brought more intimacy to it. The truth is what actually brought, what brought more purity to it. And so I want to show you the truth, but before we do that, I want to show you where the lie first began. So look with me in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 10 through 11. This is the NIV version. He answered, Adam did, to God because God was looking for him in the garden. He said, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. So God said, who told you you were naked? I want you to underline that in your Bible. This is probably one of the most profound uh, statements in the Bible, questions in the Bible, that most people do not teach on. I want you to underline that. And then he said, have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? Now let me just give you this. This is where the lie first began. They ate of the tree. It opened their eyes. And, and that's not the bad part. The, real, the, the worst part is that someone other than God began to speak into their sexual purity and identity. And someone else, something else began to speak into that area of their life. Began to speak just a lie, just a different direction. And I'm here to tell you today, this is, this is where the lie began, where the enemy tried to sow seeds of this is shame. This is a bad thing. 
This is not a good thing. He began to start so, see, this is a filthy thing. This is a dirty thing. This is a thing you should hide from. This is a thing. He started to speak, and God, that's why God said, who told you you were naked? Because he knew that the enemy had already had a conversation with him. Never get in a seat with the enemy. He just wants you to sit down and have a conversation. The moment he's got you in a conversation is the moment he'll begin to spin the truth in a different direction. So God wants to free you from this, and we don't need our, our, our enemy to sow into this. We don't need our flesh to define this. We definitely don't need the world to define it for us. And so I want to talk to you about truth, and I want to talk to you about how to get freedom and healing today and how the Lord is going to free you from that lie because sin starts with a, a simple desire. James chapter 1, verse 15 says, Then, he, then after desire is conceived... It gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. That's powerful. But let me tell you, that life is full of desires. Life is full of attractions. Life is full of all these, but it's what you do with them. It's how you, what, are you going to act on that? Or are you going to try to fulfill that? Because you're either going to have no discipline in the direction of your desires and end up in destruction, or you're going to have some discipline in your area of desires and attraction, and you're going to end up in righteousness with the Lord. You're going to end up following God. You're going to end up happier. You're going to end up healthier than you could have possibly imagined. But God wants to guide you in this so it doesn't birth death in your life and destruction in your life. And I, I know you want this. And look, today, uh, this is about sex. And man, I'm going to teach you six different lies and six different truths today. And it's not a... You, normally, my style is preach it, brother, right? It's amen, hallelujah. And we, uh, man, I'll preach the paint right off these walls. That's typically. But today is going to be teaching. So maybe not as many hallelujahs or preach it, brothers. Uh, uh, maybe just receive today. And I want this to settle in your spirit. Tonight, you can come, and that's really what the message is going to be tonight. I'm going to preach about your divine, cr divinely created and purposely called. But today, I want to teach you. And I want you to see this great truth that God has for you. So look with me in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 16 through 20. Now, in your Bible, you have different versions out there. You can look at all kinds. If you have your phone, go to the message version. Uh, you may have the NIV. You may have the New King James Version. You may have the New Living Translation. What this is going to do is just simply paint a very clear picture for you. That's why I'm using the message version. The, all these, I have the NIV right in front of me. It's going to give you different words, adultery, prostitution, uh, perversion. It's going to give you all these different words, but I'm going to help define you and show the real picture of where the lie began and what the truth is that sets us free from it. Instead of just reading a context and having a vague description of what we want to aim at. So we want that sin means, let me give you this, sin means to miss the target. All right? It's much easier to hit a target if you can see it. So I want to help paint the target for you so that you can see the target clearly. And so I'm going to read from the message version. Your, your version may be just slightly different, but I'm going to, I want you to hold with me, and I want to share these truths because the truths are going to be great. The lie is going to be revealed, and, and God is going to do a great work, and so we're going to see God do it. So right here in the beginning, it says, There's more to sex than mere skin on skin. Sex is as much spiritual mystery as physical fact. I want you to underline that. Spiritual mystery is physical fact, or write that down in your notes. We're a note-taking church. A short pencil is better than a long memory, and you need to remember what the Lord is speaking to you. So the first lie is this, then. It's just sex. It's just physical. It's just, sex is just physical, right? It's just, come on. 
How many remember another old song? I'll keep bringing back the oldies here. Not sexual healing, but the other one that talks about from the Bloodhound Gang. I said, we ain't nothing but mammals. I don't know where I'm going. So let's do it like they do on the Discovery Channel. I mean, keep singing. So, no. so they, they have this, this song. They're completely 100% wrong. Now, I want, you need to know this truth because it, this will build as a foundational piece for the rest of the truths to come. You have to know that sex is not just physical. I believe a lot of people would admit it's emotional. I believe a lot of people would admit there's a mental piece to this. I believe that they, everybody would say there's something more to it. It's spiritual. It's as much spiritual as it is physical. And I want every married couple and single person to hear me because this is good for you. Because what you don't understand sometimes is that, that when you have these other relations, sexual relations outside of your marriage or before marriage, you have spiritual ties now, soul, what we would call soul ties. And I believe that the Lord wants to help you free from that. You don't need to have that soul tie anymore. You don't need to have that spiritual tie to that old past relationship, that one mistake, that one time, that, that, that error in your life. Come on, somebody can be free today. You don't have to, if it's the ties that bind you, it's the truth that frees you. So you don't need to be tied up anymore. You don't need to be bound anymore because all it's gonna do is hold you back and pull you back. And every time you feel like you're doing good, the enemy's gonna remind you of where you come from. The enemy's gonna try to remind you of what you've done. And God wants to break those for you today. And all you need to do is simply say, Lord, I release them. Lord, I want to fill my mind. Transform your mind by the word of God. God, I want to fill my mind with your word, not with all those memories, not with all those images. I know ungodly men want to play the highlight reel while they're with their wife. But I know that godly men want to make new memories with their wife. You don't need to play the old reel. You don't need to play those old memories. You need to be free. And you can be free of that today. Let go of the memories. Let go of the emotions. Now it continues and it says, as written in scripture, two become one. I want you to see this because it's going to be a, a linear thought through this whole process. Since we want to become spiritually one with the master, we must not pursue the kind of sex that avoids commitment and intimacy. Two key words. The second lie is this. Sex doesn't come with requirements. Sex is just, hey, a one and done, and sex is, hey, this is free for all, this is a wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, and this is all that, no, it's just a one-night stand, and all this, no, sex comes with requirements. It's called commitment, it's called intimacy, it's called marriage. Fornication would be sex before marriage. Adultery would be sex outside of your marriage. We're not called to live in that. We're called to live in a pure life where God could say, okay, hey, let me help define this for you. Let me help show you how this uh, does come with requirements. And, and how do you do that? Let me ask you, how do you do that? How do you stay in commitment? How do you stay in covenant? How do you stay in a healthy intimacy with your spouse? Uh, single people, how do you develop it? Let me just tell you one word, accountability. Accountability. That's why you get married in front of people. We stand before all our friends and family, and we say, I commit. These are my vows. I make a covenant. And you make a covenant. And you know what your greatest, who your greatest helpmate is? The one who God gave you. If you're not transparent with them, who can you be transparent with? You ought to be transparent with them. Because let me give you something. You're only as strong as your transparency and as weak as your secret. And the enemy loves to hide in the secret. He, he dwells in the hidden places. I know uh, an unhealthy, I'm just correcting some things here. That's why I, I like it being quiet right where we're at. Because let me tell you, 
I know too many marriages who are built on, I can't tell her. No, she doesn't need to know. It's in the past. No, 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 we don't need to talk about that. We're, 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 we're moving on. We're moving forward. We don't need to bring all that up. No, 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 no. If you haven't been completely honest, there's a place for the enemy to work in your life. But when you're completely honest, let me tell you, the reason people don't do this is because of fear. Fear of how they'll view you. Fear of, of how, if they'll leave you. Let me tell you, if, some, if they love you, they'll stay with you. If they love you, they'll see you through it. They'll even help you. If they love you, I, I, trust me, I'm coming with, oh, I came in with baggage to my marriage, and my wife loved me through it. But I had to be transparent. I had to be honest. I, I, had, to, I had to go ahead and tell on myself. Let me ask you a question. What can the devil do with the guy who tells on himself? Nothing. That's the answer. He can't mess with somebody who's all in the light. Somebody who stands in the light can't be dragged into the dark. And God doesn't entice you to evil desires. James chapter 1, he says, look, I don't, I don't try to do this to you. You're drug off by your own evil desires. I'm trying to help you come out of the darkness and into his marvelous light is what the scripture tells us. So we know that God has good things for us. But we got to let loose of this lie that says, I don't need to talk. I don't need to share. I don't need to be transparent. No, no, no. You need, your life depends on it. Your marriage depends on it. Let me, and let me just talk to the parents real quick. Parents, your kids won't have to battle those same struggles if you're transparent and honest. Don't try to be perfect in front of your kids. Because when your kids know that you're not perfect, they're not going to try to be perfect because that only ends in failure. And then the failure brings an incredible amount of weight of, of just anxiety. and you feel, you feel it and you feel like a failure because your parents were so good. Let me just tell you, be honest. Be honest. Be transparent. Use this in every area of your life. Next it says, after uh, this kind of sex that leaves us without commitment and intimacy, leaves us more lonely than ever. You ever met somebody who thought sex would fulfill their life? Right? And then only to find out they're more lonely than ever? The kind of sex that can never become one. See that linear thought? There is a sense in which sexual sins are different. Not greater or lesser than. Different than all others. The first thing I want to share with you before we go into this point is this. All sins of the flesh are equal. All lusts of the flesh are equal. All perversion is equal. You might think that what you did is not as bad as what they did, but let me tell you, God sees them as equal. And you need to get in your heart a desire to hate sin. Say, you know, I don't want to do that. No. No, I, I have to do this every day with eating. I have too many healthy friends. I'm looking at a few of them. Gosh, they're all like six packs and eating healthy. And every time we go out, I'll take egg whites with a side of spinach. And I'm like, God, <laughs> this is so difficult to be around healthy people. But I ha now I have to because it's good for me. I'm like, I hate bread. I hate bread. I hate bread. I, I, this is my mantra in the morning. I, get, I wake up and I'm like, I hate dairy. I hate dairy. I'm walking from my apartment door to my car. I guarantee all of the people who live near me think I'm insane, but I'm like, I hate dairy. I hate dairy. I hate dairy. You, you ought to wake up one day. I hate adultery. I hate adultery. I hate perversion. I hate lust. I hate this. I hate this. Instead of every morning saying, God, help me not fail again, you can wake up and say, instead of focusing on not failing, focus on 
hating the sin and following success. Now that's a good place to say amen and give God some praise because this is where we ought to change our paradigm and our mind shift to say, okay, God, I need to get my mind right. Turn to your neighbor and say, get your mind right. Number three lie is this. Sex can't hurt me. And this is pretty powerful. Sex can't hurt me. Um, the truth is it does impact you. That's why it's different from all others. It's spiritual and physical. And if anyone, first off, I don't want anybody looking around. If anyone in here uh, has felt the pain and the hurt from abuse, sexual abuse, you've been taken advantage as a kid or an adult, let me just tell you, the Lord can heal you today. I had somebody tell me after first service, they said, I didn't know why I was supposed to be here today until you talked about that point. And I remember when I was raped and I never got healed. And I feel like the Lord healed me today. Amen. Let me just tell you, if you felt the pain of this, God loves you. He didn't want you to go through it. He didn't want it to happen, but he was there the whole time. And he was saying, it's okay. I'm with you in the pain. I'm also with you in the promise. And my promise says, I will turn everything for your good. And what the enemy meant for evil over your life, God will turn for your benefit. But you got to surrender it to him. Those who know that sex can really cause some real pain in your life, you know exactly the truth. The truth is it does impact you. And those don't adhere who don't really see how sex can impact you, let me prove it to you. I hear things like this. Uh, as long as they don't know, it won't hurt them. Let me tell you, you're not fooling anybody but yourself. I, I, I can look, but I can't touch. Right? One pastor said, oh, as long as you don't look too much. So I just learned how to take one long look. We're going to find a way. We're going to sin. But let me just tell you, you've got to cut free of this because it does impact you. So I, I know too many men of God, too many people of God who think that perversion in their life won't affect their, their marriage. Let me tell you, it, it will. It'll destroy your marriage. That, you, people who think also that this lust of the flesh in my life, it, what I'm doing with pornography and what I do here in private won't affect my relationship with God. Let me tell you, it most definitely does. I know preachers who think that they can have sexual perversion in their life and still get behind the pulpit and preach with the anointing of God. Let me tell you, sin separates you from the anointing of God. Now, the Bible says nothing can separate you from the love of God, not height or depth, heaven or hell, power. Nothing can separate you from that. But it will separate you in your anointing, in your authority, in the blessings of God. You've you got to say, okay, God. I want to go ahead and know that this, this can now not hurt me anymore. Now it's going to be a help for me. Because I, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to make sure that I'm following you in this. I'm going to make sure that I'm surrendering my pain to you. I'm going to make sure that I'm doing it the right way. I'm going to make sure that this stuff in the dark over here is going to come out in the light. Why? Because he's not going to beat you up over it. A lot of people think, oh no, well, as soon as they find out. Oh no, as soon as they hear, as soon as, that, as, soon as, uh, as, soon as my friend, as soon as my pastor hears, they're not going to want me in the church anymore. Let me tell you, I trust more people when they're honest and transparent than I do for anybody who doesn't talk. My trust for somebody goes to a whole other level when I hear them communicate, when I hear them be transparent. 
And that's the way it should be in the kingdom. And you want to know what? It doesn't just go beyond, it goes beyond trust. It goes to love. Now I love them more. What, what kind, it speaks less of my character, more of theirs. That they can bring what they have before the Lord and let it go. It's not me anymore. And redefine who you are and let the Lord speak truth over your life. It's time to rebuke the lie and embrace the truth. Time to be honest with ourselves and others, right? And especially God. You're not tricking God. The Holy Spirit goes with you everywhere you go. Then it says this, in sexual sin, we violate the sacredness of our own bodies. These bodies that were made for God-given. I want This is huge. I need everybody to hear this. God-given and God-modeled love. And then it follows up by becoming one right, with another. And we'll get into that part here in a minute. But I want to focus on God-given and God-modeled love. The lie is this. Sex is bad. I hope somebody in here knows the truth. <laughs> Sex can be good. Sex is a gift from God. I remember, man, the old school way of church used to be this. Sex is sinful. Sex is dirty. Sex is gross. Sex is bad. Save it for when you get married. I'm like, what? Yeah, save it for the one you love. <laughs> I'm like, this is a terrible thing, and I'm supposed to give it. To no, 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 no. Sex is a gift from God. And if it's, listen, if it's God-gifted, God-given, then it better be God-directed. It better be God-directed. God's going to teach you and guide you and lead you in this process. And look, if you make mistakes, that's okay. Keep following Him. Keep asking Him. I guarantee you, if everybody had an honest conversation with God about your sexuality, we'd be in a whole different place right now in our relationship with Him. You got questions? He's got answers. My single people here, I want you to hear me. God has a great, great future for you. And sex is a wonderful thing when you save it for marriage. And look, I'm not up here to teach about a fear tactic. You better abstain. How many of you grew up in a school like that? I, I grew up in a school where like, they told you the horror reel if you had sex one time. We had a guy, his name was Sex Ed. Sex <laughs> His, uh, his real name is Ed Ainsworth. He's my buddy's dad. Uh, and so he would go around traveling to youth groups, and he would say, who wants to have sex on stage? And he'd come and he'd spin this huge wheel. Well, he'd get, of course, the crazy people. I happen to be one of them. I was like, yeah, I want to have sex on stage. So I jump and I get on stage. I get called out. And this whole wheel, I love Ed, but this is probably not the best way. It was, if you have sex one time, these are all the horrific things that could happen to you. Let me tell you, for parents and adults and teachers and preachers of the word of God and the message of Christ, you do not teach with fear tactics. Fear is of the enemy. Will you teach with truth and love and say, no, this is such a beautiful, because when you, you devalue it, but when you put a lot of value on the promises and the gift of God, that's when people will treat it as the treasure it should be. Does that make sense? Parents, do not use fear. Use truth. Use truth because sex isn't bad. And we've got we've to we've fix two or three generations right now because they've been taught that way. Well, now it's just going to take the truth, and the truth will set them free. And that's why we're teaching this once a year, every year, to make sure we see people free. That's my commitment. 
I want to teach on this and teach the purity of it. Too many pastors, pastors, you either go, like I had a pastor who tried to teach on sex one time, uh, not only ed, sex ed, but I had uh, another guy, he, he taught sex like this. He, he never looked, so open your Bible and, and make sure, and this sex is, you know, and he would try to, and he never once in 35 minutes looked up, never once looked up. And, and he, it was the most awkward sermon I've ever been a part of. Let me just tell you, the only reason to be awkward is if it's an area you haven't mastered. But when you are, are, are confident in who God is and what he's called you to do and what he says in his word, and it's amazing the confidence you'll walk in. It's amazing how free you'll be. And you're not going to preach hate speech either. Because let me just tell you this. Anybody who's speaking hateful about anybody and their sexual desires and their relations is demonic. Because I know the spirit they carry. When you speak with hate, you're not speaking from the Father. And you are not speaking from God. You are speaking straight from the pit of hell. And every word that comes from you is twisted. That's why they always try to make it sound like scripture, sound like truth. But there's a whole underlining of a horrible spirit of hate and judgment in them. And it has nothing to do with God. Don't be extreme. Stay in truth. So continue with me. It says, or didn't you realize that your body is a sacred place, a place of the Holy Spirit? And don't you see that you cannot live however you please? squandering what God paid such a high price for. I've only got two more truths for you. This is number five. The lie is sex is for my satisfaction. Make me feel good. Sex is for my gratification. That's what it's for. No, the truth is only God fulfills and only God satisfies. Sex is meant to be a complement in your life, not a completion part in your life. Men who demand it too much, women who demand it too much, you're unhealthy. You're unhealthy. And I'm not, I'm not casting any judgment. I'm throwing any stones. Let me just tell you. You're trying to fulfill something that can only be fulfilled by God. Lust of the flesh and perversion, right? Lust of the flesh and perversion is a, is a black hole, is an empty pit that can never be filled. The only fulfillment you're going to find is from God. The only fulfillment. He's got to satisfy. He's got to complete you. Before you get married, all my single folk, before, all my single ladies, all my single, that's where my mind went. Okay, sorry. Squirrel. So I have, um, when you're single, you ought to be, you ought to be, you ought to be fulfilled. You don't, you don't get married 50 and 50 to make 100. You get married 100 and 100 to make 200. You don't come together and be like, look, we all got our problems in our baggage. But listen, you're not trying to get married and have them fulfill you. That's not how this works. You have to find your fulfillment. You have, to find, you have to find your satisfaction in the Lord. I heard too many people say when I counsel people, I just need it and I'll be less stressed. If I just get a little, I'll call it business. If I get a little business time, then man, I will be in such a better mood. Uh, uh, kids, stay out there, turn the TV on, and then you come out happier, right? <laughs> that, that's, not how this, that's not how it should work. That's not how, it's, that's, that should never, what you're teaching, your brain, your mind, your heart, your soul, your physical body is this is how I remain happy. This is how I get fulfillment. This is what brings satisfaction to my life. And if you're not careful, when that person's not giving it to you, you will make sure that you find happiness elsewhere. 
And that's why I always hear when couples are getting divorced, I just want to be happy. She makes me happy. He makes me happy. They don't make me happy anymore. None of them should make you happy. The Bible says the joy of the Lord is from him. And we find the, the fullness of joy in the presence of God. Nowhere else. Your fulfillment doesn't come from sex. It comes from God. Don't deceive yourself and don't deceive your spouse. Don't try to lie to your spouse and say, if you just, let's make a deal back rub for a, you know, whatever. That's not how this works. I know, and all that's good and fun and wonderful, go ahead, but I'm just saying, be careful. Where are you looking for your satisfaction? Men and women, you ought to go to the Lord. In fact, what I would do is this, two things. Number one, if you've never done it before, take the 14-day challenge. See if you can have sex 14 days in a row. Those of you who are married, uh, 14 days in a row. I want to make sure I was clear on that. <clears throat> there was, all our single people were like, finally, thank you, Jesus. This is the best church I've ever been to. Uh, uh, when you're married, have uh, 14 days, I guarantee you're still going to have the desire, but not be physically able. What you're going to learn is it can't be fulfilled. The lust of the flesh cannot be fulfilled. It will not. The only one who can think about it. What did we start with? This is both spiritual and physical. You think the flesh can fulfill something both spiritual and physical? Or is it the one who made you that can fulfill both in your life? He's the one, your first love, that you need to turn to. And he's going to bring that satisfaction. Josh, as you come, I have my last point that I want to share with you. It says the physical part of you is not some piece of property belonging to the spiritual part of you. God owns the whole works. So let people see God in you and through your body. The key phrase there is God owns the whole works. The lie is this. I run my sex life. I'm in charge. All right? Uh, this is me. I run it. I say when. We decide. We're, I'm in, uh, uh, no, this is what I like. This is how I like it. This is the way it should be. This is my desire. This is my... No, 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 no. The truth is God owns the whole work. And my question for everybody without any response in here, let me just ask you, who do you belong to? I believe if everybody, again, had an honest conversation with God on who you belong to, I bet you get some great clarity. You know, one of the things that people love when they come to churches, they love, you know, and I like preaching that kind of style too, is it's the style of like, God is for you. God is going to help you. God is going to bless you. He's the author and finisher of your faith. Man, curse the enemy. Get rid of them haters. Man, God, if, if God be for you, who could be against you? No weapon. We declare the promises and the blessings of God. But let me tell you, you'll never receive the blessings of God as long as you never belong to God. Yes, you are created by God, but you, if, you, if, you negate, if you don't see the blessings of God in your life, it's because maybe there's an area that doesn't belong to God. And he's either Lord of all or not Lord at all. You want to see God bless your finances? Surrender. You want to see God bless your marriage? Surrender. You want to see him bless your sex life? Surrender. Say, okay, God, I don't own it. You do. This is all yours. It belongs to you. Let me give you the three things briefly, uh, of, uh, and I'm going to focus on one of them to close. Uh, the three things, uh, what, what sex is for. What is sex for? A lot of people ask, what, well, okay then, what does the Bible say sex is for? I'm going to give it to you. Number one, unity. 
What word did we, what phrase did we keep hearing throughout this whole passage? Two becoming one, becoming one, becoming one. Unity. And number two, for creating life. Having babies, right? And number three, enjoyment. Those are the three reasons that God gave us the gift of sex. But I want to focus on that first one, unity. And I want to give you some truth that's going to empower you for the rest of your life. What happens in the marriage bed stays in the marriage bed. That doesn't mean it's gossip for all the girls. That, you know what? I'll admit. I'll, bring, I'll share another thing about myself, another lie, another crazy thing. I was young. I was stupid. And so when I was 20 years old, I thought, you know, when you get married and, you know, like your wife goes and hangs out with the girls, they just talk about how great you are. You know, that's what it is. <laughs> oh, lots of ladies laughing. All right. So that obviously doesn't happen. So when I went back and I'm like, you know, it was really funny. We're in our house and she came back after hanging out with a group of girls one time. And I'm like, so what'd y'all talk about? She was like, we talked about it. She listed all the things. I'm like, nothing about me. <laughs> and then she goes, and I told her what I thought. And she goes, what? We never, she goes, I would never, 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 never talk about that stuff. And let me just tell you, that's healthy. You're not, this isn't meant for the gossip cooler. Guys, this isn't meant for bragging. You don't go and, and discuss things about your wife. You, you don't talk about what happens in the bed. You don't invite anyone or images into your bedroom. It's between you and your spouse. And you got to keep it that way. You got to keep it holy. You got to keep it pure because he, he called you to do this. In the Bible, it says, at the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife. And the two will become one flesh. There it is again. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Jesus, God does not have a stuttering problem. Sometimes we have a learning problem. And so he repeated this twice so that we understand why. why. The Lord always does this. Let me just tell you. Anytime the Lord mentions something twice, you want to know why he does it? He always says, the Lord, the Lord, your God, above all. And he would say, he would repeat his name or he would repeat something, the same phrase two times over. And you know why he does it? It's because the literal translation in Greek and in Hebrew means he's the God of second chances in this area. So I'm going to help you. The two are to become one flesh. The two are to become one. You're meant to get a second chance here. Thank you, Jesus, for second chances. And that God redeems us and makes us a new and pure and innocent work. Let me just tell somebody in here, if you lost your innocence, there's nothing that the enemy or man can take that God created. And if God put purity in you and innocence in you, there's nothing that you can do to remove it. God will restore your innocence and he will restore your purity. God loves you and God wants to make sure. But I'm telling you right here, God is speaking. He's the God of second chances for how two become one. Therefore, what God joins together, let no one separate. The reason he says this is because he brings up creation where we started. He brings up the beginning of Adam and Eve, and he brings up what we're going through right now. And why he does that is because if you take the Hebrew translation of Adam and Eve and you join those symbols together, it creates the name of God. Somebody hearing me? You literally create the image and reflection of God. Let me break some truth for some religious people who've been taught a wrong direction. God is not man. And unlike, what's her name? Forget it now, another pop culture reference. God is not a woman. God is not, God is not woman and God is not man. The Bible says God is spirit. And those who worship him, worship him in spirit and in truth. 
God has masculine characteristics and feminine characteristics because everything good comes from him. And he looked at man, he said, this is good. He looked at woman and said, this is good. Anything good comes from him. So he spoke, he created it. And it makes a reflection when those two become one, it makes a reflection of the image of God on earth. That's why he says, you two will become one as a reflection of the image of your master. He's speaking this into our, the depths of who we are for those who can hear me. For those who can hear this word and understand, this is truth. This isn't hate speech. This isn't avoiding the topic. This is truth. What is it meant for? Man, it's meant for unity more than anything. It's meant to show how two become one. It's meant how you can show commitment and intimacy. And it's meant to show as a gift. It's meant to receive the truth as God intended it for. Will you bow your heads and close your eyes? I want to give it an opportunity to just pray with people today. And I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you. Just close your eyes and bow your head. This is a very serious moment. I believe today that God wants to heal you. God wants to restore you. Maybe somebody in here needs their innocence restored. Maybe somebody in here, you need your, your mind renewed in the word. You keep playing that old highlight reel. You got soul ties. Maybe someone in here realizes that it's more than physical. It's spiritual. Maybe somebody in here is going to finally understand that it causes commitment and intimacy to take place, that it does impact you and hurt you, but it also can be a help for you. It is a gift from God. It's not meant to satisfy you or fulfill you, and you're not in control. He is. About your sexual identity, your sexual orientation, your sexual direction, the, 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 the guidelines in which God instituted this for, what he created it for, with purity with truth, if that's you, with nobody looking around here and online, I want you to head, heads bowed and eyes closed. This is a very sovereign moment. I want you to raise your hand. If any of those points spoke to you, I want you to go ahead and raise your hands here. Come on, raise them high. There you go. Come on, everywhere, all over. Yep, all over, all over, yeah, all over. That's faith, that's faith, it's okay. No, this isn't a shameful time, this is a freedom time. Don't let the enemy keep you in darkness. Keep those hands raised, because I believe there's a few more people who need